Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the July 19th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Tom and I are both in the office today, and we hope everyone has been staying safe and hydrated during these hot, humid days this week. So, Tom, a little bit of a roller coaster ride this week with markets. Can you give us a rundown of where we ended? You bet. On Friday afternoon, corn finished about six higher with September closing at 4.30 and three quarters, which is down 23.5 for the week. December corn closed at 4.35 and three quarters, down 24.5 for the week. Earlier, there was quite a bit of chatter about corn closing below the 50-day moving average yesterday, so it's good to see us rebound a little bit above that today. For soybeans, we gained a little more than 20 cents today, with August beans ending at 9.01 and a half, and November beans finishing at 9.19 and a quarter. Both of those are off about 12 for the week. Thanks, Tom. I think the main story of the week happened today with several sources talking about either rumors or actual trades being done in the Pacific Northwest for vessels of soybeans for this fall headed to China. Some are saying it happened. Many are saying they are at least asking for offers and kicking tires. Either way, it gave us a boost for most of the day, and it's good to see that they're still interested in U.S. soybeans. One analyst earlier today said, it's not where we start Friday that matters, it's where we end. On Monday, that was certainly true as well. Both corn and beans started the day higher, but finished quite a bit lower. The rest of the week brought mostly lower closes each day until today. We'll see if there's any follow through this weekend or next week. For now, let's jump into the bull bear banter. Okay, so on the bull factors for corn, I'd say the one thing that's going to support corn prices for the next week or so is not only these high temperatures, but mostly just the uncertainty of what damage has been done or might have been done to this crop during pollination. Basically, uncertainty in all of its regards is supportive to corn. Did the U.S. plant 91.7 million acres? Will we harvest 166 bushels per acre? Those are the questions that are going to linger around, and we really won't have another really, really good idea of what the USDA is thinking for another three weeks. Tom, not to cut in on you there, but we were kind of reading some lines today about how just because something was planted in corn or beans doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be harvested to go towards our crop production numbers, too. That's absolutely true. Things are going to be up in the air with just because that's what you see doesn't necessarily mean what's going to follow through in the end there. On the bare side of the equation, with regard to weather, the expected heat and dryness was not nearly as severe this week as what we all thought it would be a week ago, or even up until maybe Monday morning. On top of that, many areas did receive some decent rains this week. It might not have added up to a whole lot in some areas, but even a little bit of moisture helps. Some other bearish items have to do with demand. I noticed you didn't talk about the slight increase in ethanol production this week compared to last week with an extra 5 million gallons. I suppose that's because it still appears that the USDA is overstating their corn for ethanol estimate by about 3%. It sure feels like they're going to have to adjust that number lower in the next month or two. Same story for exports. This week, the export sales report was very weak with only 200,000 metric tons or 7.9 million bushels. Even though the trade only expected 250 to 500,000 metric tons, that number was way low and well below the 13.6 million we need to see every week to reach the USDA's estimate for the year. It looks like we'll see a downward adjustment there too. I think the story for beans is definitely still being written, but the fact of the matter is that this late planted crop does not appear to be making up any ground. 
regardless of whether we believe the 80 million acres for beans or not, it sure doesn't look like we're going to have a robust production number at the end of the growing season. That won't impact the ending stocks for this crop year, but I continue to think that next year's ending stocks number will continue to shrink a little bit as we get further into the 1920 crop year. And if the Chinese are indeed back in the market for U.S. beans, that is a very good thing for anyone holding old crop beans or needing to make some sales for new crop. I think time is the best thing for beans right now. I have to agree, the bean fields I look at every day don't seem to be getting noticeably better. But you know as well as I do that the old adage about beans, they're made in August. So yes, time will certainly give us more information to deal with. Also, keep in mind that even if the Chinese are buying new crop beans right now, that doesn't mean they won't eventually just go back to South America as soon as they can buy them their cheaper. All things considered, they also still have not solved their demand issue. With the culling of hogs that we know of, I think we can expect a lower overall demand for soybeans and soy meal from the Chinese for the next year, at least, maybe even longer. I'm going to tell people that they need to look at days like today as a selling opportunity, especially for those old crop beans. At this time, we talk about why does all this matter. I think this week was a good example of something we hear quite a bit. Bulls need to eat every day. Without some sort of news to push markets higher, the easiest path is generally lower. Let's move prices down a little bit and relax a little. Maybe take some profits until we have a reason to run prices back up. So I do like your advice. When we get a quick spike like today, sell some, especially if you're still sitting on some old crop. I know a lot of people are waiting for that August 12th report to provide some major reason to push markets higher. But I think the traders know that and they are already building it into their current values. We could see a 20 to 30 cent rally that day, but if we drop 30 or 40 cents between now and then, will it really matter? On our what to watch for in upcoming events, as we've said, August 12th is the next major calendar item. It's kind of weird that it's a Monday, so keep that in mind as we get closer. If you can believe the forecast, temps will start to back off Sunday and into next week. In the meantime, I came across an item that talks about the difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke, so we thought that might be an important thing to kind of go over with you today. Some signs of heat exhaustion are feeling faint or dizzy, excessive sweating, cool, clammy skin, rapid or weak pulse, muscle cramps, and some things you can do for that are get to a cooler spot, drink water, don't overdo physical activity, so it's not an emergency situation, kind of self-monitor, be aware. If you're working with other people, check on them, but as long as you take it slow, take it easy, take breaks, um, you can kind of maintain with these temperatures. And on the heat stroke side, some things are just a little more severe with that. So you'd have a throbbing headache, there would be no sweating, body temperature gets to 103 degrees or more, you have a very rapid, strong pulse, may lose consciousness. And as far as what to do, call 911 and seek immediate medical help. So I like that uh, we've talked about that and we're, we're going to continue to make sure people are being safe. It's something we stress at Landis every day when we have uh, especially hot temperatures. Keep an eye on each other, like you said. Make sure you're staying hydrated and uh, keeping things under control. So um, we're going to change things up a little bit. I know you and I have talked about this tweet of the week some, and you know at times it feels like we really have to dig to find something to talk about there. So I'm going to throw something else out there this week. Um, what, what about this week in history? So 50 years ago today, Apollo 11 orbited the moon on July 19th, landed on July 20th, and the first moonwalk was on July 21st. This led to Neil Armstrong's famous quote. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you remember what that famous quote was? Or have you heard what that famous quote was? You wouldn't remember, but, you know, I don't remember it either, but have you heard it? Now, I do know the story of what it was supposed to be versus what 
has basically gone down in history on it. So what everyone knows it for is that's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. But I think as we all know, the actual words that were spoken were that's one small step for a man that was just lost in the radio transmission transmission over there. That's great. And as far as uh, some more history, um, one year ago today was a tornado that came through Pella, Bondurant, and Marshalltown, or I guess separate storms, but uh, tornadoes tore through those respective communities. And we just want to, you know, continue to remember those people. And uh, we know that some of, some of those areas are still kind of struggling to get rebuilt and get things done. That's a devastating event. And just times like this, we want to kind of remember that and make sure we're all being prepared for upcoming storms if there are any. Good advice, Tom. We'll keep looking ahead and, you know, checking your weather apps and being prepared. I think that's all we have today. We appreciate you for joining us on the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. We look forward to your comments and questions. Just drop us an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. A good reminder as we are seeing these volatile trade days, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we both should be back next week.